At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin Okay, so Lombardi Line here on a Friday, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. It's cold, man. It's cold. By the way, it's a holiday in Philadelphia today. Do you know what the holiday is in Bill- Michael I think it's the, un- it's the unveiling of the James Harden. We're, we're, it's the unveiling of James Harden. It has to be, right? Yeah. Tonight at 8 o'clock, tune in. Same bat time, same bat channel. We'll get to see it, you know? If you, exciting. <laughs> if you think about Philadelphia as a whole, there's three people you think about. You think of Michael Lombardi. No. I mean, Ocean City, but you understand. And then you think of Ben Franklin and you think of James Harden. James Harden no makes doubt. his debut tonight in Minnesota. William, you got to think of William Penn. I mean, William Absolutely. Penn, you got to think doesn't? of him. So, who you know, who doesn't? You know? uh, but it is a debut. And look, it's a sprint to the postseason. The Timberwolves are in the second half of back to back. I watched that game last night. A tremendous Good, huh? win over Memphis. These were the wow. ones. Was that, D'Angelo Russell great or what? Oh, my I gosh. Mean, look at, 20, 23 in the fourth. I, I got to think that, you know, there's some really good coaching jobs out there this year in the NBA. And I think, you know, Jason Kidd's done a really good job in Dallas. And, and this Chris Finch guy has done a really good job of changing this whole Minnesota Timberwolves feel to it. And, and you know, maybe it was getting rid of the old owner and bringing in A-Rod to kind of oversee it. I don't know. But there's a different feel about this Timberwolves team when you watch them play. And D'Angelo Russell looks like, you know, I was critical of him yesterday as terms of on and off the court. But he looked like he has grown up a little bit and is playing really well. Yeah, you mentioned Finch at the time under the radar as a hire. He's done a hell of a job. You watch the team. They're just completely different with the ball movement. Another thing, this was an impressive win because, remember, they closed his dogs to Memphis, of course, coming out the break. Cat was in foul trouble. Carl Anthony Towns, the whole game was in foul trouble. He sat out. I'm watching this game. I'm like, they're not going to win. Carl Anthony Towns set out the first half of the fourth quarter. Anthony Edwards was one of 11 from the field. He was 0 of 6 from 3. And they still won this game. That's what tells you the Timberwolves might have something here. Because D'Angelo Russell, Michael, went for 37. And he had 23 of those in the fourth quarter. That's pretty special. It is. But I thought what the most revealing stat in the box score when I looked at it this morning was Anthony Edwards plays 32 minutes. He's 1 for 11 from the floor, 0 for 6 from the three-point line. Yet he was plus 5 when he was on the court. Yes. 
that's pretty darn good, right? That means he was playing defense. You know, that means he was doing something outside of trying to put the ball in the bucket. And, you know, he was the only other starter on the court other than Russell that had a plus and minus, had a plus ratio in their, in their box spread. To me, that, that tells a lot about the maturity of the team and the influence, I think, of Finch coaching this team. Uh, you nailed it. Finch has gotten this team, Anthony Edwards in particular, last night was great defensively. As you mentioned, he was in the plus. You're generally not in the plus when you go 1 of 11 from the field. And also a gritty win for the Timberwolves. So just give you the basics. They opened to Memphis. They closed to, and it was a straight-up win for Minnesota at home, chasing the playoffs, of course. Uh, But the Grizz were up 15 early in the, excuse me, Memphis, yeah, was up 15 early in the first. I'm like, this is going to be a blowout. And, Me- yeah. and, and Minnesota just kind of grind, grinded their way back into the game. John Morant was cramping in the third. He was playing through it. He's a whiz to watch. I mean, the kid's awesome, but he was a little hobbled. No doubt. And they didn't shoot well from the three-point line. Typically, they're a better three-pointing shooting team from there. You know, Morant was 0 for 4 from the line. Bain was 2 for 8 from the line. So, you know, and they shoot 28% from the three-point line yep. and 38% from the field. That, that is, uh, that's an indication of how well Minnesota played defensively, but also how poorly they shot. Well, that's well put. So that was a big win for Minnesota. You know, that's kind of a statement. About 24, 25 games to go. With, as we sprint to the postseason. That's a statement with one of the best teams. I mean, the best team over the past couple of months in the NBA coming into town in Memphis. That's a great win for Minnesota. You know, this is not your mama's Minnesota Timberwolves nope. anymore. I mean, you got to say it, right? They're, they're good. Edwards is typically good. And, you know, Towns is playing at a higher level. And, and, and for all the concern with Russell, you know, there's a lot of talk that Simmons would get traded to Minnesota because they had some pieces, but nobody wanted to take Russell's contract on as one of the pieces. And and he's looked like he has matured. Now we'll see if it can go continue, but you know, that was a really a nice win last night and, and a pretty good night of the NBA, Patrick. I got to be honest. It was a nice night of the NBA. I mean, DeRozan was sensational, hits that 15 footer at the buzzer to win the game you know, against the Hawks, but it was a, it was a really good, it looked like the, the level of intensity of the evening was a little better than I've seen it. I, I think you nailed it. I think there is, uh, there is a sense of urgency with just, you know, 25% of the season remaining. I was into this game as much as I could because I laid the Bulls three. That's where you just count your money, you walk away, and you're lucky because the Hawks kept on making runs and kept on making runs, and the Bulls end up closing, winning by four, 112-108. The game closed three. It was three and a half, about a half hour before tip, so some Hawk money late, 240 on the total. Those two huge totals that we were monitoring, Michael, the game with Memphis and Minnesota and Hawks-Bulls, to your point, also stayed under the large totals, which shows a sense of urgency. No doubt. And I think when we saw that number go from 234.5 up to 240, red alert, alert, go back the other way, take the under. You know, they typically don't make that much of a mistake when they're they're setting the number. The betting market moves the number. And so you've got to think opposite. This is when you become the reverse contrarian to the contrarian to the reverse (laughs) contrarian. You know how we do that, right? So I think that's what you had to do. And at 240, it was way too high. And look, I, was a, I saw it when DeRozan hit the shot. It was an N1. He puts it in. They go up by one, and he makes the free throw, and then they make the free throw down the stretch to get you the, get you the win. Yeah, well put. And elsewhere, 
The, how about the Pistons? The Pistons, since Cade Cunningham started taking over late in games, have been a pesky team. They're a terrible basketball team, but they've been mm -hmm. covering and last night straight up went at home as a five and a half point dogs to Cleveland. Cleveland, of course, one of the big surprises in 21-22 in the NBA. The Pistons was the straight up win. And then you take a look. We wondered why it was so heavy on the number with Boston at would they close nine? Well, the same thing happened that happened a couple of weeks ago. Boston just rolled a depleted Nets team, 129-106. That didn't even, that wasn't even a game. I mean, that no. was over in the first quarter. I mean, it was a national game, and it was over in the first quarter. And, and I'll say this, you, you know, when you watch the Celtics play, the way they switch on defense, the way they're able to go and just man-to-man, -man and they locked it down. There was zero opportunity, really, for the Nets to create any offense. There was zero. I mean, they really clamped them. And the Nets didn't have an answer. Now, they don't have their best players, obviously. Curry's still on the court for them. He was a leading scorer. But I was so impressed with, with Brooklyn's defense, with the Boston's defense, which we talked about yesterday. And they made a huge difference in that game. I mean, they are a team. Now they're 10-1 and one over the last 11. And, you know, somebody better pay attention to them because they're not going to go away quietly. Uh, they're not going away. They're good. And they have they're really good. They got Robert Williams back last yep. night, you know, and he, he gives them a big guy inside. And Horford, in the role they're using him in, is ideal. You know, he made a three-pointer, his first one in a while. But, you know, that, that's exactly the kind of team that I think that, that – can give anyone in the East a lot of trouble. And the, the wings cause issues. You saw, remember before the break, Tatum and Brown went off against Philadelphia. If you have those big athletic wings like the Celtics do, and you're starting to play a little bit better with Williams down low and you added whites as far as scoring, this is a team that's starting to get dangerous, man. And remember, this is a new, essentially, I know Stevens went up to the front office and the new head coaches took a little while for them to find their bearings, but they found it. The Celtics are dangerous. They did. They found him defensively. And, and, you know, he was at the 76ers for the one year of the year Brett Brown got fired. And, you know, there was a lot of talk he was going to become the next head coach of the Sixers. He went on to, to Brooklyn to be an assistant with Nash, and then he got the Boston job. So, you know, defense is defensively, he, it's a specialty. And you could see them buying into it. And there was no way – that, you know, they, they were going to be able to, to make any play. They got no easy shots in the game, uh, New Brooklyn didn't. They were, they were mm -hmm. struggling to get anything up there, you know, and, and they ended up at the end of the day, they shoot 41% from the floor, but that was a lot different than what you think. And they've got, you know, here's a perfect example of the game, right? This is, I love St St uh, Steph Curry. I, I love him. And, uh, you know, and I think that ultimately last night, you know, he plays 31 minutes. He gets 22 points, three, two for seven from the three-point line. But in the game, he's minus 20. Yeah. He's yeah. minus 20. You know, and so you, 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 for all the points he puts in the bucket, you love him. But the, the reality on the other end of the court becomes a huge liability. Yeah. I think he's better as a six-man coming in and playing than he is as a starter because people go right after him. Yeah, late night, it was kind of a cover palooza, as you mentioned, right there, 37-point win for Golden State at Portland, which was a little surprising because we talked about how well Portland had played going into the break, right? A huge, and the number moved up to 10.5. Golden State had no problems covering against Portland. Denver late night in Sacramento. Sacramento's not a very good basketball team. Denver oh, close. What are they doing? I mean, like, what on. are they doing, Sacramento? I mean, like, seriously, there should be an injunction on Sacramento. Like, that <laughs> owner, what is he doing? Like, what, what is he doing with his team? He trades away a really good player in Halliburton, and now he gets – you know, like, what is what are we doing? 
Yeah, shocker, Jokic, almost a triple-dub, 25-12-9. Barton played really, really well in that one. And the other one with the big cover, you know, Oklahoma City's been fun to watch. Uh, they've been great at ATS, second in the league. However, Phoenix is on a mission right now. They've got 22 games to play. Phoenix didn't went to Oklahoma beat. City, 124-104, Michael. Didn't miss a beat, you know, and we talked about it. I mean, you know, look, the, the, the key is how are they going to get the 30 minutes that they were losing, right? How were they going to find those 30 minutes? Where were they going to get those 30 minutes? And, and we talked about Cam Johnson. You know, we talked about how were they all going to break this through. And he played 31 yep. minutes last night. And then they pick up 18 minutes, uh, 25 minutes from holiday. And all of a sudden, there you go. They replaced the 30 minutes that they lost with two players, with the one player who was there before, and they also get the same one. So, you know, didn't miss a beat. And Johnson scored 21 in the game. They're, they're impressive. Just because of the era we're sitting in right now with teams resting, this, the Suns are on a mission. The Suns are going to be fascinating come postseason time. They, I think they're the deserved favorite, or they should be up no top doubt. as far as the championship odds. No doubt. Now, when we come back, we got some NFL to get to. I'm curious, did you check out the Dons, San Francisco hosting Gonzaga? I did. Good, of course let's talk I did. I, I got a lot at stake on this Gonzaga thing. <laughs> I got to look at it. We got it coming back here at Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Hey, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM Sports for all your wagering options, going game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on Stripping, that state of sheet ID, and you're ready to bet within moments and minutes. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. A quick shout out, Michael Lombardi, as it is our producer Stephen Bond's birthday today. It's also his oh, mother. Oh wow! I didn't know that. It's also his mother Christina's birthday, and I walked in today, and we are full of pastries, which Christina sent to the studio for her son Stephen. So, nice. a happy birthday to both of them, huh? That's awesome. Happy birthday! Yeah, absolutely to both of them. That's awesome. Congratulations. What number is this? Do we know? That's uh, thirty-five for old Bond. Uh, I, I I laid low on asking about Christina, but if uh, you'd I, like yeah, to, yeah, that's fine. No, no, thank you. No, I mean I'm I'm older <laughs> than everybody in the room. I, I you know when you're the oldest one in the room, you don't need to know everybody else's ages. You win that. <laughs> well, happy birthday to Christina yeah. and Stephen. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. 
89-73, a winner for Gonzaga over the Dons. It was a 10-point game at the break, and then Gonzaga just came out. They went tempo. They went on a 14-4 run, and it was over. I mean, actually, you know, San Francisco started battling back a little bit later. I think they got to within 10. Uh, but the second half with this all Gonzaga and this Chet Holmgren, he was, I mean, seven foot. He's, he looks like he, he weighs 170 pounds, 21, 15 boards, six blocks, three steals, efficiency. I mean, he might be the, you remember that TV show, The Flying Nun, where Sally Field could take off because she was so light? I mean, this guy could be the flying NC2A That's player. A I mean, my Lord. You know, I mean, God, how's he going to keep it on the ground? He's like that guy. What's that, that really skinny golfer, Will, uh, uh, I forget his oh, last Z name. Oh, you know? Zolaris. Zol uh, yeah, I mean, like he's got he's to wear, if he plays in the British Open, he has to wear ankle Zalatoris, weights. There's no chance. That's right. Yeah, he has to play. If he plays in the British Open, he's got ankle weights attached to him. There's no chance he's not getting up in the air. But, the, uh, I mean, look, this guy, can. he's a stretch. You know, he's two for five from the three-point line. I mean, I worry how is he going to handle the physicality of the, you know, of the Southeast Conference if he goes and plays at Kentucky. I think that remains to be seen. They played – it's interesting too, Patrick. They only play, they only play eight guys, you know, and so will that bench give them enough that they need when they go and play a, a one of these other teams that they absolutely play? The, their starters pretty much average 32 minutes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Timmy had a great night last night. He was 20 and 9. Uh, but this is, you know, 17 straight win for Gonzaga. They got St. Mary's coming up this weekend, two ranked teams in the WCC. We'll get into that this weekend. But, you know, there are two losses all the way back. You got to go all the way back to December 4th for their last loss in downtown Seattle. It's kind of a neutral court against uh, Alabama. Alabama beat them up in that game as well. I watched it. And there, prior to that, late November, a neutral court loss against Duke, 84-81, which is a really good game. So, again, they go out of conference. It gets tougher. They did lose the two. They also had a bunch of big wins non-conference. But in conference, they're just, I mean, this is 17 straight. They're just rolling through the WCC. It's not going to matter. I mean, they're just, you know, they'll be the number one seed overall. They'll be out in the West, and they got to hope that, you know, who the number two seed is, is is it going to be Arizona? You know, I, I think a lot of it's going to depend upon who they have to play to get through, right? I mean, who will be the four seed? I think that's going to be the key to the bracket. Who is the four seed in the West? Because the four seed in the West, if they can continue, they'll eventually have to play Gonzaga, and then the one plays two, and then the next thing you know, we, we get, you know, then two plays three, and then you get the final for the for, to come to the West when you get to the uh, Elite Eight. So, to me, I think the, the, one, the two, three, and four, specifically the four, is going, to be, is going to be interesting to see in terms of Gonzaga and preparing them for the, the, for, for the, the, the final four. Yeah, and you just mentioned Arizona. Arizona continues to roll. They took care of business at Utah, a 20-point win, 97-77 at Utah. This team is two overall. They're 25-2. and two. They'll, out, they'll beat you up. They'll out-rebound you. Defensively, they're tremendous. Arizona's on a roll right now. Yeah, I mean, and look, Arizona is good, and UCLA stubbed their toe last night losing to Oregon. You know, and Oregon's a good team. I mean, or you can't dismiss Oregon and, and UCLA. All oh, they lose to Oregon, that's a bad loss. No, I mean, Oregon's a good team, Absolutely. you know, and, and they and it's a hard place to play up there, and and you know, and it became a problem. So, like I said yesterday, I think we got to be really careful to not overreact because this time last year, nobody was going to give UCLA a chance, and we saw what they were able to accomplish.
Yeah, Dana Altman, oh, Oregon. He's kind of a coach's coach. Everybody loves Altman and a nice win for Oregon at home against 12-ranked UCLA, 68-63. UCLA was laying two and a half on the road there. Stays under the 137. You know, the game that I was way off on because it was a terrible spot for Ohio State, I got to give yeah. Ohio State a ton of credit. You know, three games in six days. They've got a couple more coming up. Before March 2nd, they're going to play three more games. Ohio State had a couple of players that were sick. Now, they tried to give it away late at Illinois. It was kind of dialed in on this one as well. Remember, we sat here. Illinois was laying six. It got bet up to seven. A great win for the Buckeyes, 22-ranked Buckeyes. They're 86-83 over 15 Illinois in the Big Ten. That, that's a huge win. I mean, that, really that, you've got to give Chris Holtzman the credit for really getting his team able to play at that level, being tired. You know, he kind of set the stage. I think he roped the dope them a little bit, Patrick. I think he kind of made it look like right. they weren't really going to, you know, they weren't going to be able to play. But, you know, as long as you got Lindell on your team, you got a chance, right? And, and Lindell wasn't even the best player last night. He, Branham was the best player. You know, he was 10 for 14 from the floor. You know, made almost every one of his free throw shots. He's 10 for 11. So, you know, I mean, they got two, they got two players that put the ball in the basket consistently when they needed it. And then the young kid coming off the bench was excellent. Yeah, no, 100%. I think I got duped by Holtman because, listen, on Monday, they deserved to lose at home against Indiana. They fought back, clawed their way back. Remember, they played at home on Saturday, lost to Iowa, Ohio State. So this was just a brutal stretch. They travel on the road to Illinois where it's tough to play. And you see – uh uh, Underwood, uh, Brad Underwood, the coach there at Illinois, he got tossed. He was going nuts in the game, trying to fire up the crowd on the way out, got his money's worth. But a tremendous win for Holtman and the Buckeyes there at Illinois. Yeah. And, and listen, the Big Ten is absolutely stacked right now. We understand that. The only t top 25 is the only uh, team in the top 25 playing tonight is actually Iowa, who just crept up 25 in the rankings. They're at Nebraska tonight. We'll get into that game in just a little bit. Did you see that Trev Alberts came out and gave Hoiberg the vote of confidence that he's going to come back for year four. I don't know if he deserves yeah. it. They restructured his contract. I mean, he's won like six games he's in three years. He's been the king years. of – I mean, Albert's been the king of restructuring coaches' contracts. Yeah, he did it with when Frost. He, when he, he did it with Frost. He's got him on the verge of firing, uh, firing him, and he says, basically, you know, to not fire you, would you be willing to do this? And what's a coach going to say at that point, right? So he's able to rework the contract into his favor and, and obviously lower the buyout, lower the commission, lower the, the, the total pay. So, you know, I mean, look, he's got to obviously this year for Nebraska football is huge, right? They've got to. And Martinez transfer. Can you believe that? He still has eligibility. <laughs> I still find, I, I, I would love to look at their records on that. Like, it's amazing. I just made, when I think of Nebraska, I think Martinez has played there for 100 years. But anyway, he's got to count on Holberg being able to recruit and get players in there because this whole thing is every year's a new year in college basketball with the transfer portal. It's a completely new year. Yeah, Nebraska's three straight losses, 13 of 14. They've lost 18 of 20. And the mayor, Fred Hoiberg, he's 6 and 49 in Big Ten play and three seasons there at Nebraska and Lincoln. Listen, I understand it's tough to recruit there at Lincoln these days. It's not like it was when you were not, well, when we were coming up, when Nebraska, everybody wanted to go play football at Nebraska, which kind of, yeah. but it's, it's not the same way anymore. So that, no, that's just, I mean, it's, look, Nebraska is a hard sell for basketball, but you can do it. I mean, the guy that Holberg replaced did a really good job. Simon. There. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did, was, was doing a good job there. I mean, they were on the cusp. And then, you know, Creighton's right down the road in Omaha. People don't realize that. And, you know, they're able to get, build a good program in Creighton. So it isn't like, you know, you're out in the, the boonies. I mean, Lincoln's about an hour from, from Omaha. So you can still get players and you're, the, and you're in the Big Ten, which is a conference that really is good in basketball. It really is. That's, again, the only top 25 team. And uh, Tim Miles, I said Simon, Tim Miles, Tim Miles. actually did. He, one season they really popped under him. Um, made the NCAA tournament in 2014 under Miles, and then Hoiberg comes in. Hoiberg's very popular, you know, it, because he's the mayor. I mean, everybody loves Freddie Hoiberg. Uh, is he a Nebraska grad? Is that no, what it is? No, he's Iowa State. Iowa State, that's right, yeah. And he yeah. and remember, Chicago didn't go well at Chicago as a, as a coach there. But anyway, uh, speaking that, of Chicago, those Bulls, I know we talked about in the first. I mean, the Bulls are pretty darn good now. DeRozan, I mean, with, uh, DeRozan has been I mean, he's got to be in the MVP conversation. He really does. He is. I think the I last mean, time I checked, he was 20 to 1. But he's in the conversation, which is amazing I mean, he's for got a mid-range some Kawhi guy. Leonard, he's got some Kawhi Leonard to him, doesn't he? He does. He does. For a mid-range guy in 2022 to pop like this is awesome. It really is. The problem with the Bulls is once we get in crunch time and it starts to get physical, they just don't have enough size. You know, they're going to yeah. get, get ball back. They're going to get Caruso back. Uh, but that's just a mostly a guard. You know, Vucevic, but that's mostly a wing team. They just don't have any. They just don't have length. So I think when it gets down to crunch time in the postseason, they could struggle. Okay, we continue. Gonzaga, were you impressed by Gonzaga? Michael Lombardi. Uh, he was. You know, I, I, yeah, I am. I mean, I still worry. Thomas Gable next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage. Okay, so this is coming up starting Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. Okay, the VSIN college hoops expert, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making lines to find the best early value. It's coming up on the 13th. It's getting close. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one of the tournament betting with VSIN's college hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, which is free over at VSIN.com. Okay, we got you back here on a Friday, February 25th. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Plenty to do. We're going to get into Harden's debut tonight in Minnesota for the 76ers. Michael Lombardi, of course, there in Jersey. We go a little bit down the road in Jersey to the Borgata and say hi to Thomas Gable, who we welcome. And we say, hi, TG. How you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you today? Uh, Michael, excited for the, uh, the big debut tonight? Yeah, we are. We're all excited. Uh, you know, I'll make sure the grandkids get baths, brush their teeth, so at least I don't have to watch. Uh, what have I been watching re- uh, unbelievably? Uh, uh, what's that show of the fish underwater? I, 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 put a, uh, I put it on. It's a Disney show anyway. Nemo? I mean, uh, Nemo. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, lo- <laughs> I, I, I had you. a brain moment there. I got hey, you. Thomas, I mean, I, I feel badly, but last night I saw on the ticker Georgetown lost again. I mm. mean, it will. What will happen once the season ends in Georgetown? Uh, I believe. I believe Patrick Ewing is going to step step away, and at that point, the university is going to have to uh, 
come to a time of reckoning, whether they want to move on from uh, the, the shadow of John Thompson at this point, which they have not done uh, since the man retired. I mean, they went, you know, when, when Coach Thompson retired, they went with uh, one of his longtime assistants, Craig Ashrick. He was the, uh, the next man up, certainly was not cut out to be a head coach, uh, and they found that out. And then they stayed in the family there with uh, John Thompson III. And, you know, JT3 had some success yeah. for a couple of years there. Uh, but uh, And then uh, when it was time to move on from him, uh, Patrick Ewing got, got the call. And, again, you know, a lot of it came down to the influence that Coach Thompson still had within the program. And now that, you know, he has passed on, We'll see uh, if it if it's time that the university feels now it's time to move on from uh, from that kind of that family tree, so to speak, of uh, of Coach Thompson. Never would have suspected it would get this low at Georgetown. Honestly, yeah. it never Seriously. would have suspected. Especially after kind of a, a nice little start for Ewing there at Georgetown with recruiting and vibes, yeah. Thomas. It's weird that it's just fallen so precipitously. He's, uh, you know, he certainly had some issues with keeping kids that he's recruited, keeping them in the program. You know, they, they've certainly had some off-the-court issues, not in this year, but, you know, in years past where kids got dismissed or transferred out. Um, and, you know, even just kids with no off-court issues uh, that he had uh, recruited that left the program. So, um it's interesting with uh, his recruiting track record seems to be decent, but it, holding on to them in the program is seemed to be really seems to be the big challenge for him. You know, it's I think it's a big challenge all over the college landscape. I mean, you know, even Kentucky takes they took they took Georgia's point guard uh, that was there at Georgia for a year. He's come in there and play. I think it's hard for everybody. I think it's it's might be the most challenging job in sports is being a college head football and basketball coach because of the portal, because you have no chance to really build your program unless like what Rick Pitino has talked about being at Iona, he's able to recruit two stars and they can't go anywhere. But you know, even those pro players want to enter the portal. So it's to me, it's a really challenging job. From what I understand, it definitely is. And you know, obviously the transfer portal has, you know, just, totally reshaped uh, the way that this sport uh, goes at this point. And, you know, I, I think that's why when you look at these teams now and, and everybody is gearing up for March Madness and who's going to make a big run, teams that have played together for a number of seasons that have upperclassmen that have been in the program, not transfers, that are, not grad transfers or anything like that, but kids that have been in a program for three years, four years now, and have played with the same kids, that's going to mean so much from a handicapping perspective for me when you start handicapping these games in the tournament because that's really when you need to rely on your brothers there that and. When you have that experience for years playing with them, it's going to come second nature, whereas the kids that are you know, freshmen or maybe just their first year in programs, uh, you know, that's where I think we're going to see the differences come tournament time when the pressure's ratcheted up. Yeah. I mean, not to make it so simplistic, but come tournament time, guard play, can you rebound and can you shoot your free throws? 
And those are three elements I'm always looking at. Listen, they lost to DePaul at home, Georgetown, yesterday. That is about as low as it gets. Yeah. Now, transitioning to George, uh, to Gonzaga, another G here. Yesterday we came in yeah. at the South Point. They were 7-2. to two, So what's that? 3.5 to 1 to win a championship. I just looked. They're plus 3 and a quarter now. So their odds have even gotten shorter. Where are you on Gonzaga to win a championship there at the Borgata? Yeah, we're, we have them four to one, and they are—I mean, obviously the shortest uh, shortest play on the board right now to win the win the title. Uh, we certainly have liability on them. Uh, Duke is our biggest liability right now at twelve to one, but we're in, we're in decent shape with other programs that I you know I think have a have a shot there that um, certainly are up up top that I would see as uh, being good contenders for the championship, i.e. Kentucky, Arizona, Baylor, um, Purdue. We're, we're in decent shape in terms of liability on those programs. But Gonzaga's been, been bet. Uh, they were actually, it was funny, the, uh, the night of the Super Bowl, uh, a lot of people catching Super Bowl tickets were rolling that into futures on Gonzaga uh, that night. Uh, so, uh, they certainly have the most. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they have the second most tickets written on Villanova. Obviously, we we take a lot of Villanova future money too. Thomas, if you were to put together, you know how sometimes you do those these five teams versus the field to win the tournament. Which five would you put in there? So, I mean, if you're looking at the top five that uh, I think could win right now, I would say uh, the Zags certainly. Arizona, Kentucky. Um, I would throw Baylor in yes. there as well, and um, one more. You know, I I would probably leave Auburn out. I I don't know if I throw in Duke or Purdue or you know uh, one of those programs as a fifth team. I that's a great that's a great five, Michael. Yeah, it is, and it's kind of lends itself to the question: is it's almost like a good bet? Like you know, he can only put five into the hat. And there's going to be somebody out of the hat that you like, you know, and it may not be, you know, if it's Kentucky in the hat, I think Kentucky, Arizona are in the hat, but maybe UCLA's not in the hat or maybe Texas Tech's not in the hat, you know, and, and because it's so close and because it's so balanced, uh, you know, why not take a shot depending on the odds, depending on the value? The the board tonight, it's a lighter board. We've got a huge board, and Thomas Gable's going to be joining us on the Lombardi line Saturday and Sunday. We've got a huge, I mean, so many great matchups tomorrow in college hoops. I just wanted to take a look at one in particular. We were talking about Hoiberg, the mayor there at Nebraska. It's a disaster. Iowa, I don't know if it's just a letdown spot, but remember, Iowa went to Ohio State on Saturday, and then they blew out Michigan State this, what, this last Tuesday, Thomas. So I don't know if it's a letdown traveling to Lincoln, uh, but I'm going to set you up on the numbers, see if you have an opinion. Iowa opened 11. They've been bet up to 13 and a half. Wow. And 161 and a half uh, on the road. That's a big, big total. But these are two teams that like to go tempo. Uh, two top tempo teams in the yeah. Big Ten. Yeah, for sure. Um, I liked where this opened at 11. I think 11 is probably the right number. Uh, that's where I put the game at. But like you said, it's, they've been bet up to 13 and a half. Now, I think. Uh, you know, we took a sharper play on Nebraska um, not too long ago, at, taking the 13 and a half. So, not surprised with that. But um, yeah, I mean, this, this is, I think, a letdown spot possibly for Iowa. You know, as you said, they they've had some uh, some big wins there over Ohio State and uh, Michigan State lately. 
Uh, and really, you know, they sort of stubbed their toe there against Michigan, uh, losing 84-79. But uh, the last time these two teams met, uh, Iowa came out with a big victory, 98-75. So, <laughs> um, I, again, I think this number is probably a little bit too high right now at the 13.5. I'd probably lean taking the 13.5 with Nebraska right now. And, Michael, if you're afraid of that 161.5, as Thomas just mentioned, the last time these two teams played, they scored a combined 173. So yeah. you look at, I mean, that is a wild number. And I agree. I thought the 11.5 was a proper number. 13.5 might be a little steep. TG, we got a big weekend with you ahead. So thank you. We'll be talking to you this weekend. Thanks, TG. All right, guys. Thank you. Director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata, Thomas Gable. A busy Saturday, college basketball tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. Next, Will Hill joins us. It's coming up on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you're listening to the lombardi line on v featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, okay, you can bet on more than the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. All you have to do is log into your BetMGM account, create your best bet parlay before the game starts. If you're new to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. This is great. This is a really tremendous offer. You have to use the B- the code VSIN1000. It's V-S-I-N-1000. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM reward points that can be redeemed for online bonuses converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. So try the one-game parlay. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Must be 21 years or older. New customer offer. Please gamble responsibly, and if you do have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, we're headed into March. College hoops, of course, February 25th, Friday here. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi snuggled away in his office there. Are you going to be at the Borgata this weekend? I didn't ask you No, that. we're going to be – we're here We're here until – I think we're going to go back to the Borgata once we start uh, the March Madness. Once I think gotcha. the middle of March we'll Perfect. be back there. So, Yeah. All right, looking forward to it. Will Hill joins us. We're looking forward to the conversation, of course. New York City cast, you can find it, vcin.com slash podcast, where I'm sure he's going to be talking about the Knicks. How about Thibodeau, coach of the year last year, that just every single time he gets a head coaching gig, it's the same thing. Year two, they fall apart, Will. 
Yeah, I was big on the under this year. I was big on the Hawks last year in the playoffs. To me, this is not Thibodeau's fault. I mean, do I think he's a great coach? No, but like, come on, what do Nick fans expect? You look at this roster and, and what do you see? Do you see a conference finals team? Mm -mm. Do you see a finals team? This team overachieved last year to be the four seed. Uh, of course they were going to regress. They have, you know, eight or nine, just okay players. And, you know, maybe you could play the young players a little more than you're playing them. Okay. But like Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly, you put them in the starting lineup. You're not, you're not going to be like the two or the three seed. This is just a team that overachieved last year in a weird season. A lot of teams were resting superstars. A lot of teams were, you know, tired off of the bubble. They played hard. They overachieved. Uh, it makes sense. They're coming back to the pack this year. I do not think this is all Thibodeau's fault. I think he's getting a little bit uh, too much flack for this. You know, he, he catches a lot of the heat because of obviously Leon Rose, the general manager of president and then worldwide West Wesley, uh, you know, West Wesley, uh, they, they haven't really made the moves that they kind of felt like they thought they could make the Rosen being a perfect example. You know, I mean, they could have, they could have been in, in that one there. So I agree with you. I think where, where Tibbs gets into trouble and, and, and the criticism is warranted is the fact that he, he often is what Parcells would refer to as a progress stopper. Now, we could debate how much progress he's actually going to make if he plays some of these young guys, but there is a propensity within the NBA that they love to play older guys. I mean, you know, it happens. Doc Rivers is the king. He had Maxie on his roster all year last year. Wouldn't play him until he had to play him. You could say, well, he wasn't ready. Well, the only way players get ready is to play, and it ain't in the G League, which is what we find out. These guys that dominate the G League, they come back, they still don't play. So for me, I think that's where Tibbs gets into trouble. But you're right, Will. I mean, at the at the it's it's always either a production problem or a managing problem, right? So it can't. And so when the production isn't very good, which is the roster, the managing problem shows up. Also, to Will's point, that roster. I mean, we joked about it last year when they were making the run. Julius Randle's not a superstar. But he's got a mindset like he is. There's consternation on that bench constantly. And let's get to the game, though. Heat are, are laying five and a half. The Heat tied in the loss column atop the Eastern Conference with the Bulls, who won last night. They've won six of seven. The Heat, where they're starting to get scary, Will, is because they're getting healthy. Bam's healthy. Jimmy's healthy. Lowry's back. He's healthy. My only question about the Heat moving forward, and I know Michael loves this team, as far as shot creation, Outside of yeah. Butler and Hero, I don't know where they're going to get it from, but I do love this team. They're laying five and a half at the Knicks tonight. Yeah, I like them tonight, too. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said in terms of the Heat. The, the best four best players, Hero, Butler, Adebayo, Lowry, they've only played a combined 59 minutes together all year. Uh, I just think this is a good spot for them. Uh, I think you're going to see off, after the All-Star break, these teams are rested. These teams are focused. The reason we get a lot of strange results in the NBA is just because, you know, we who knows night to night what you're going to get, travel, rest. Uh, I think there's a little less uncertainty after the break. These teams will be rested and focused to be the heat or a much better team. I agree with what you said about shot creation. If you look at uh, some of their more advanced numbers, a lot of their points are off a of transition. Yep. Uh, when the other defense has a chance to get set in the half court, the game slows down, which is usually what the playoffs are. The offense can be a little spotty, but they probably have the best coach, at least in the Eastern Conference. They got a good roster. They're kind of flying under the radar here. Everyone's talking about the Sixers Nets trade. The Bucks are the defending champs. The Heat sit there like, hey, what about us? And, and they're not afraid of anyone, too. They'll go into any series thinking they can win. So uh, I like Miami tonight minus the five and a half. I think they'll beat the Knicks pretty comfortably.
Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I like Miami too. I think that they they have what we what, what you need is the mental toughness, and I think the only thing you're concerned about Miami is the mental is can they physically stay out of the, out of the training room? Are they going to is is Butler going to be healthy for right. when they need him the most? And, and obviously Lowry and Bam and all those guys. But I agree. I mean, look, they play great and they're getting better. And where they're getting better, I think you see it really is on their defense. I mean, their defense they give up 104 points, but over the last two weeks, their defense has really started to come together. You know. And this is where we've seen Boston, which, again, has been so good defensively like they were last night. These defenses at, in February as we go into March, as they start playing better, that's going to control what happens come playoff time. And by the way, Spolstra, after the break as a head coach, is insane. And so that's exactly it's heat culture. Uh, another reason to love the heat tonight, R.J. Barrett. Remember, he missed three or four right before the break with that ankle sprain. I know he was full go in practice on Wednesday. I think he's a game-time decision. And Derrick Rose coming back from the ankle surgery, I don't think he's going to play tonight. But those two coming back are going to help this Knicks team. If R.J. Barrett's out tonight, I love this five-and-a-half, Will. Yeah, and the Heat aren't the type of team that's going to overlook people. They're going to pretty much bring it every night. I mean, just look at the record with all these injuries. Uh, yeah, the five-and-a-half is a little cheap. I know it opened five. I, I could see it even closing six. I don't know if it'll get to six-and-a-half. But, yeah, I think the Heat win this game, and they win it pretty comfortably. Okay, next up, OKC Thunder, second best as far as ATS-wise in the league. Lost last night, did not cover. Phoenix is on a roll. So second night of a back-to-back here for Oklahoma City on the road at Indiana. Indiana opened seven, Will. It's been bet down to six and a half. Yeah, I actually got a seven and a half this morning, and this is just based on principle. Uh, the Pacers should not be six and a half, seven point favorites over anybody. Like you mentioned, the Thunder have been extremely profitable. Uh, you know who they remind me of? They're kind of like the Lions of basketball, where they, they, <laughs> hey, they play try hard. hard. <laughs> they try hard. They really do. I mean, even that game last night, they lose by 20. Look at it. Wow, it's yeah. a blowout. That game is tied middle of the third quarter against the Suns. Yeah. They kind of bring it every night. Giddy's a good player. I mean, they've they got nine million draft picks, so uh, I don't know what they do long-term with these picks. I'm sure they'll try to convert it into a superstar at some point. Uh, I don't know who that is or when that comes, but to me, the Pacers just shouldn't be favored by six and a half, seven over anybody. And uh, I got your Friday night planned out Lombardi. You and Millie can sit down. You can watch the Pacers in the thunder two and a half hours. There you go. I got your plans for you. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'll pass on this one. You know, if you ask people uh, what's the difference between the thunder and Indiana besides their payrolls, you, you know, you would say, Oh, they, you know, the thunders probably got to be seven or eight games behind. They're only two games behind them, two and a half games in the, you know, and they're, and they're only at one game behind him in the loss column. I mean, Indiana, because of the Halliburton trade, has seemed to have gotten some life lately, and maybe that's why this number is more of a reflection of the perception than it is the reality. But when you analyze these numbers, I mean, who has the better defense? Clearly, clearly, Oklahoma City, they have the better defense and they play harder all the time, and they turn the ball over less. So, I mean, that's usually a recipe to cover a line. Seven and a half is a tremendous number, Will. Go ahead. It is. I just want to jump in, Lombardi, because you lived through the process with the Sixers. The Thunder is kind of the process with better PR. They don't get the flack. They're not as open about it, saying, hey, we're yeah. tanking. But it's kind of what the Sixers are doing. Totally I mean, agree. just really not trying to win. But the, because they're building it with a culture. They're, they're not trying to just tear the thing down. I mean, they're trying to develop their talent as they go. And I got to say, you got some impressive, impressive people on, on, the, on your podcast this week. You got the bear. We've never been able to get the bear on this show. You got the bear on your pod. That's incredible. Now, if you're going to talk Nick, I would urge you to, to get in contact with Big Daddy Vince, the Green Bay Packer expert and also an expert on the Knicks. He was at the house last night giving me the wisdom of the Knicks. So well, lucky you. if you want really good inside information, I would suggest you get Big Daddy on that pod. 
I just need to get the number. Just send along the number. We can work it out. Absolutely. Okay. He's got the time. And you mentioned Presti gets better PR who runs the Oklahoma City Thunder than anybody in the league. So that may be a reason for it. Michael, if you don't comment, I'd appreciate because I'm going to wait for the A block for the 76ers and Harden's debut. But in a minute here, Will, Minnesota, a great win. Second half of a home back to back to back. Of course, 76ers in town. Harden's debut. They're laying two and a half on the road at Minnesota. Yeah, I took the Sixers on the money line. I think it's going to work. I think it's at least going to work at first. I think we saw Harden last year with the Nets sacrifice early, kind of fit in, adjust his game uh, to make it worth work with, you know, Durant and Kyrie. I think he'll do the same thing with uh, Embiid. I do have some concerns. Do they have enough three-point shooting? Do they have enough defense? I, I definitely worry about the transition defense with Harden and Embiid on the same court. If I'm an opponent, I, I'm trying to run off of makes, off of misses, make those guys get back because that could be an issue. But uh, they should have the two best players on the court. So I like the Sixers here. Yeah. Michael, save your comments because I got plenty with you coming up in about four minutes. A third betting favorite to come out of the East, the 76ers, fifth betting favorite to win a championship, and Harden's debut tonight. The aforementioned Will Hill podcast is up at vcin.com slash podcast. New York City cast. Will, good luck. We'll talk to you this weekend. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Will. Right, see you guys. Coming back, Appreciate 76ers, Harden tonight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.